You are listening to the Supermama's Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 104. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 104. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, supermoms. How's summer going? I hope you're off having fun, having some vacation time with friends, family, just enjoying being vaccinated. I hope that you're out there not spreading COVID, but enjoying the freedom that comes with vaccinations. I was up at my lake house that we bought during COVID. We bought a lake house and I was up there and we had a big forest fire and we're still dealing with it. So we got evacuated. We're every day I'm waking up and watching the reports and making sure it stays clear from my house, but it's getting closer and closer because we are in, uh, I think they're calling it a super drought here in California. 15 years of drought conditions is not good for forest fires. So it's interesting to see it during the summertime, who calls? <laughs> I've been getting a lot of calls lately from people who are interested in life coaching or looking for advice or podcast questions of moms with rising seniors or moms with seniors who are going off to college next year. That seems to be a pretty hot topic this time of year. And so I like to focus on, in this podcast, you know, Mamas get tired from at any age. But there's so many podcasts out there for moms of young children, toddlers, and preschoolers that I really like to focus on the school-aged kids and the issues that come up for school-aged parents. So five to, well, they're looking at 18, 19, 20-year-olds is kind of the, the uh, question of the day. So I'm going to read you Summer's question, and then I'm going to give you my parent educator answer, my life coaching answer, and then we'll talk about today's Supermom Kryptonite and Supermom Power Boost, so you can get a boost of energy, finishing up with the quote of the day. So today, question comes from Summer, and she writes, Dear Tori, my firstborn is a rising senior. We are, I'm assuming high school. We are heading into a big year with college applications, tours, SAT tests, in-person school, and extracurricular activities. There's a lot to think about and a lot to process. This time next year, he'll be moving out to live on his own for the first time. I want to make sure he's prepared, so I'm compiling a list of things I need to teach him. Check pockets before you do laundry, cook a potato in the microwave, use condoms, ask for consent, create a budget introduce yourself to professors during office hours and sit in the front of the room, things like that. Do you have any suggestions to add to this list? There's so much to cover and only one year left to cram it all in. Any advice for a crash course in turning my darling boy into a man? Thanks, Summer. Okay, so today's parent educator answer is 
Well, there's a lot of things we could add to this list, right? We're talking about adulting here. There are so many things that your rising senior or your kid going off to college is going to need to know about. Life skills, social skills, etiquette, academic success strategies, safety, automotive maintenance. The list is really endless. You could read blogs, you could Google, you could listen to podcasts, you could read books, you could order a book for your son called Adulting, How to Become a Grown-Up in 535 Easy Steps. So lots of valuable knowledge out there. The problem with going down this list and kind of communicating this crash course in adulting to your rising senior is overwhelm and disinterest. If your son doesn't think this information is relevant to him right now, he will probably tune you out. If he is feeling overwhelmed with college applications, schoolwork, you know, improving his life skills, having a fun senior year, like all the things he's got going on in the present as well as in the future, then he's going to run into an attention bottleneck. This happens when too much information and stimuli are coming in. So even if he wants to learn, he doesn't have the mental bandwidth to take it in and filter and absorb. So in my opinion, the three most valuable skills your teen could take off to college with him are, number one, social skills like how to make friends, how to invite somebody to do something with you, how to approach a table of kids in the cafeteria who are eating lunch and ask if you can sit with them. Basic things like that. He may already have it. He may be working on it this after COVID. You know, everyone's kind of um, dropped some social skills. So maybe senior year is a good time for him to focus on building those social skills back up, recognizing that it's okay to talk to strangers. So that would be number one. The second thing is most valuable for kids to take off to college with them is some time management skills. Now, this is a growing skill, right? Like there's a lot of adults that still struggle with time management. And with kids and their frontal lobes not being fully formed until they're 25, this is usually one of the later things to develop. And so you could, you know, help them with organization, time management, planning, using calendars, things like that. It's a good skill to have. And then the third thing that I think is most valuable for a teen to bring with them to college is healthy ways to cope with stress. Because we can't teach them how to deal with every stressful situation, but we can help them deal with stress or like understand themselves and what they need when they get stressed, what helps them feel better. And that we can just do through observations and just pointing things out like, oh, I noticed you always feel better after you've gone for a run. or you know, you seem really wound up. It seems like you could use a day at the beach. <laughs> so just kind of pointing those things out. I created uh, something called 15 texts to send your teen to reduce their stress and make them nicer. So if you would like a PDF of 15 texts to send your teen so that you can use it when they start getting stressed out, you can go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash teens and download this PDF so that you can be a supportive cheerleader to your stressed out adolescent. So if you've got, if you're thinking this is going to be a stressful school year for you, you can go ahead and get started 
on this PDF of things to say to your kid that are going to take off the pressure, things that they might forget, you might forget. It's just easy, simple things. You can text them to remind them they're a good kid doing good things and they don't have to put so much pressure on themselves. So again, that's lifecoachingforparents.com slash teens. If you want to prepare your college kid, your senior in high school, to leave the nest, choose to focus on the things that seem most salient, relevant, timely, or fun. So you want to think about, well, what is my son interested in learning about? Like, what does he seem curious about that he asks questions about? And then start there. If he's a new driver, maybe you can focus on like teaching him to change a tire and checking the oil because those things might be very relevant to him. Or maybe you want him to, you know, take the car into the shop to get repairs and meet the mechanic and learn how that process works. If he's excited about earning money, then maybe you can teach him about compounding interest and Roth IRAs. If he has his first girlfriend, then maybe you could teach him about condoms and consent. So look for timely, teachable moments instead of a kind of an endless checklist to help your teen adapt to adulthood in a more natural way, a fun, relaxed way, rather than just him feeling like there's this to-do list with 25 items on it. Today's life coaching answer, what gets in the way from finding relaxed, teachable moments to help our children gradually turn into adults? Well, it's our mommy hearts. My hunch is that super mom summer here is having some emotions about her son's last year at home. And instead of feeling her feelings, she is focusing on tasks and to-dos. The way that she says, like, we're heading into a big year and there's a lot to think about and a lot to process, that tells me that there are some emotions that are bubbling up that she would rather not feel. So you can suppress emotions if you've got, like, let's say you've got sadness that's bubbling up. And you're like, I don't want to be sad. I want to be excited about his last year. Well, you can do that. But it's kind of like having a pot of water boiling on the stove and you're just putting a lid on it. Like that'll work for a little while, (laughs) but it doesn't make the pot stop boiling. And in fact, over time, it continues to heat up. The water might spill over. It might get loud. It might make a mess. You might burn the pot. So when this pot of water that's boiling is left unattended, eventually the pot's going to burn and so might you, mama. (laughs) So it's not a great long-term strategy. It's something that I believe we're biologically wired to be able to suppress emotions. So for like, as like a survival skill, right? So that once everything settles down, calms down, quiets down, then the mushrooms bowl up to the surface. The problem is we live in a very busy world. And if you're talking about your kid's senior year of high school, there's so much to distract you that you may never have an opportunity to sit quietly and allow those feelings to bubble up. But it is a much better way to acknowledge them. So you want to create opportunities 
where there's not a lot of input, there's not a lot of distractions, where you can just sit and feel your feelings. And this is what a lot of, a lot of times when I have my life coaching clients on the phone with me, this is what we do. We take a couple of minutes and we just stop and we process the emotions that we are feeling. So you want to pay full attention to the feeling until it simmers down. Okay, so when you put your attention on your emotions, it's just like turning down the the heat on the stove. It's not going to stop boiling right away, but pretty quickly you're going to see that it starts to simmer and then it goes quiet and calm. This is a much better way to do it. And so if you can watch the water boil or your emotions reside in your body without feeling the need to run away and distract yourself, Slowly, you'll become calm again and you won't have to deal with messy emotional overflows (laughs) or like emotions sneaking out at different times or sneaking out in other ways. You know, a lot of my clients will feel anxious instead of feeling sad or they'll worry instead of feeling sad. We go up into our heads and we kind of like intellectualize or we worry or we just try to do things instead of just sitting and feeling our feelings. Your child's last year at home is an emotional one. For mamas who've devoted their you know time and their attention and their love and I mean really your identity gets caught up in being a mom and driving to the games and watching their activities and being involved and knowing all their friends like it is a real big shift for a mom to let go of that role, that identity that she's had and that role she's had in her kid's life. So you want to pay attention to two things, to fear and sadness. Those are usually the two big ones that we avoid. Nobody likes to feel them, but they're totally legit. Like there's fear over your child's uncertain future. There could be fear over not having prepared them well enough. There could be fear of not having control and not knowing where they are all the time. There's fear of like having your kids make big mistakes with big consequences. There's a lot of things that we can be scared of. And so giving yourself a chance to process the fear, feel the feeling and let the, (laughs) not let the, uh, put a lid on it. Just let the water simmer down and calm down is so valuable. But there's also a lot of grief that comes up, right? We've got grief over losing the little boy that you once had, grief over no longer being the center of your child's universe, grief over not being able to protect him from negative emotions or experiences, grief over your role ending as chauffeur, chef, cheerleader, coach, and confidant. Before you start scrambling to fill out your list of to-dos, Allow yourself to feel the fear, grief, and any other emotion that might be bubbling up. So here's quick and dirty, how to feel a feeling. Why we don't learn this as kids, I don't know. It's so valuable. It is like, I don't know, the most valuable thing I could probably imagine learning. So how to feel a feeling. Start by trying to identify where in your body the feeling is. Is it in your throat, your stomach, your chest? Then you ask, you want to breathe, okay? So what happens is we start to feel grief or fear or something and our brains are like, uh-uh, I don't want to feel that. We run away. And 
we run into this fight or flight state. And so what we want to do is we want to keep our breathing slow and calm so that it confuses our brain. It's like, wait a second here. It's okay to be calm and feel a feeling. (laughs) We can do both of those things at the same time. So the breath is the one part of that fight or flight response that we have control over. And so you really want to focus on your breath. So first step, identify where in your body it is. Second step, breathe and imagine widening out your body to make room for this emotion to be there. Whatever it is, you can handle it. The worst thing that's ever going to happen to you is a negative emotion. So it's just, but it's just a sensation in the body. So you're just going to notice for any tightness, any pulling, any crunchiness, just try to focus on what does it feel like and where do I feel it? Is it heavy? Is it tight? Do you get an image of like a solid, a liquid, or a gas? Can you identify what the texture is, the color? If it were to make a sound, what sound would it make? Is there movement to it? So I'm going through these very quickly, but usually these questions are designed to keep your attention on it. They don't really matter. The answers don't matter. It's the the questions that we think of keep your attention on the emotion so that you can allow it to be there and fully feel it from the beginning, the middle, and the end, all the way through completion. Okay. And it takes about 90 seconds to feel a feeling. And so these questions that you ask, what's the color, the texture, the sound, what's it doing? Is it changing? You're going to be asking yourself those questions while breathing slowly and calmly. So that's how to feel a feeling in a nutshell. You find it in the body, you identify what it looks like, feels like, sounds like, and you breathe and you allow. And after about 90 seconds, it's going to start to dissipate or it's going to be really hard to continue to have a picture of it in your mind or it's going to move, grow smaller, whatever. And that's how you know it's been about 90 seconds. And then you can move on. Then you can take some actions. You don't want to take actions from suppressing emotions. And what I would suggest doing after you process those emotions is to do kind of what your high schooler is doing, is to start focusing on who do you want to be in your next chapter of life? Like, your kids are totally focused on what do they want to study? Where do they want to live? You know, what kind of roommate situation do they want to have? What kind of jobs do they want to have? Like they're asking themselves so many questions about the kind of adult that they want to be that you can ask yourself the same kinds of questions. You know, moving out is a time of big transitions for moms as well as for kids. So spending some time thinking about who you want to be when you're not busy raising kids. What do you want your next chapter to be about? How do you want to fill your extra time? Like really think about like, do I want to do what my parents did when I moved off out of the house? Or do I want something different? Do I envision a different life? Do I want to pick up a new hobby, switch careers. If you're going to have extra time, what would you like to do with it on the weekends? Which area are you interested in growing? You know, we're meant to grow and expand. We're not meant to stay put. And so if your brain is saying, wait a second, my life is going to be exactly the same, but without my kids, that's just going to feel like 
loss and emptiness. And so that's okay because from when something is empty, then we get to fill it with what we want to fill it with. So you might notice that as you start asking yourself these questions about what your next chapter is going to be about, you're going to feel a little uncomfortable. It might feel a little empty or idle, and that's okay. You're just going to breathe and allow yourself to feel the void of the empty nest. It's not bad. It's just different. And we have to go through this sort of liminal stage before we feel comfortable again in our next new chapter. So of course your brain doesn't like change and it's going to freak out and it's going to want to fill it with worry and tasks and, you know, people needing you and things, but it's an exciting and an emotional time, but fighting and denying the hard parts will not help. The easiest way through it is to feel it all, allow it all, accept it all, and start slowly creating a vision of a fabulous new future and a new kind of identity of who you are going to be when you're not raising kids. Today's Supermom Kryptonite is college expectations. Okay, so parents have a big influence on setting the expectations for what college will be like for their teens. Some parents will talk it up about how much fun it's going to be and you have so many friends and go to so many parties And some might communicate their own fears, talking about how much work it's going to be and how many dangerous situations you may find yourself in and how careful you need to be. So you just want to be careful not to be all doom and gloom or all sunshine and roses, okay? So, (laughs) you know, if it's all sunshine and roses, then your kid's going to go off to school and have be grumpy or have a bad day and not get invited to party and think that he's doing it wrong. And if you're all doom and gloom, then your kid's going to go off to school kind of worrying about what's next, what's happening, and and just feeling very anxious. And so I believe that the reason we remember college so fondly isn't because it was all wonderful or all terrible, but because it was hard. We made a lot of mistakes. Bad things happened because we had freedom, right? It was like, it's kind of like childbirth. You know, we remember it so clearly because you're so fully present for the experience. It was exciting and exhilarating and scary and difficult. And so I think college is kind of the same. You know, you have freedom to do things, freedom to make mistakes. You have freedom to form some tight friendships. You know, in college, we cried, we suffered rejection. We learned to appreciate our parents. We learned our parents were weird. (laughs) We failed. We succeeded. We celebrated. We experimented. We struggled without the eyes of our parents watching us struggle. It was brutal and beautiful. It was college. What I learned from my son's freshman orientation is all college freshmen come in wanting three things, good grades, a good social life, and a good night's sleep. Don't expect to have all three at the same time. Some days you're going to have to choose. Some months you might have to choose which two you're going to focus on and which one you're going to leave behind. And so I think setting your kids up with that expectation is a little more realistic. And remembering for you, like that's 
a realistic expectation for you to hold as well when your child goes off to college that they're probably not going to get all three things at the same time, a good night's sleep, a good social life, and good grades, that they might have to sacrifice one, uh, and it could change over the course of a semester or a year, but they probably aren't going to have all three of those. Today's super mom power boost to give you a boost of energy. If you've got a teenager, you're thinking about going them going off to college is parenting fails courtesy of grown and flown. So grown and flown is a book, a blog, a website. It's a Facebook group by Lisa Heffernan and Mary Dell Harrington. And so this is a Facebook group. And it's really designed, you know, for moms or parents whose kids are leaving the nest. And this Facebook group has almost 198,000 members. So it is a great place to get a huge response to questions or problems raising young adults. You know, you'll see people in there just taking a poll because it's just, you get thousands of responses or asking for advice and just be prepared because it's such a big group. So one mom recently wrote a post titled, Things I Failed to Teach My Children, citing her teenager's inability to open a can with a peel-back top. You know, it's like aluminum cans, but they have like the tab that you peel back. And she said, we have tried, I've shown it many times, but my child cannot open this thing. And so she was kind of asking like, what else have you failed to teach your children or that they are young adults, but they still can't do And thousands of other moms joined in talking about their teen or their young adult's inability to use can openers, to tie their shoes, to address an envelope, mail letters or packages from the post office. These young adults, as smart as they are academically, don't know how to clean a toilet, plunge a toilet, ride a bike, use a tampon, read cursive, deposit or write a check. Some of these young adults and teenagers don't know how to look people in the eye, have a phone conversation, and put their napkin in their lap. It was so fun (laughs) to read and share in the communal incompetencies of our young adults. So my suggestion is to have some levity around this stage of life. Like find the humor in it. And grown and flown on this Facebook group is a great way to, you know, laugh at your child's inadequacy so that when your college kid puts dryer sheets in the washing machine and aluminum foil in the microwave, you can know you have not failed him and that he's in very good company. And so are you raising a child with intermittent competence. It is impossible to prepare your child for every scenario. Just do your best to keep it fun, relevant, salient, and timely. Pay attention to your own emotions during this transitional time and be gentle with yourself. I mean, that's always, I also want to say like, focus on yourself, notice yourself, pay attention to yourself. This is a really big deal for you. And it's a perfect time to hire a life coach for yourself to have support while you're going through it so that the next chapter of your life can be just as fabulous as the last. Your kid is going to screw up, but that's kind of the point. Today's quote of the day, 
How lucky I am to have something that makes saying goodbye so hard. Winnie the Pooh. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you have a question, go ahead and send it to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question. And I want you to know, you send me an email, but I noticed that when you can word things as a problem, it really helps. Like notice how when you go to send me an email or write the question up, notice how it actually helps you get clarity. And sometimes you might even write the email and realize you don't even need to send it. (laughs) Send it anyways, because other people might be struggling with the same thing. But I've been doing that lately of just anything that's kind of ruminating around my head is thinking about like, if I was to word this as a question to ask somebody or a problem to solve, it's amazing how clarifying and simplifying that is. So if you've got something weighing on your mind or spinning around inside your head, go ahead, go to lifecoachingforparents.com and send me a, you know, send me the email or record it and see if it doesn't help you just that alone kind of give you the answer to your own question, (laughs) but then send it anyways, because we want to answer it in a way that everybody can hear. So thank you so much and best of luck. I will love you and leave you. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.